You're listening to Inside Content, the TV industry podcast. This show is brought to you by 3Vision, a global TV industry consultancy specializing in content acquisition, strategy, research, and business development. Each episode, we give you VIP access to the views and experiences of senior TV executives and discuss the latest TV industry trends and insights. Hi there. Welcome to Inside Content. This week, I'm pleased to be joined by David Boucher, Chief TV and Entertainment Officer at Virgin Media O2, to discuss the way the company has evolved as a content aggregator and discuss how they've changed the way it sources and offers content services and how they've launched their new product stream, especially in the context of the streaming wars we find ourselves part of today. Welcome to today's podcast. Um, it's great to take a little time out in my day to stop and talk to someone about what they've been up to and some of the issues they're facing today. Um, today, I'm very lucky to be joined by David Boucher from Virgin Media O2. Good afternoon, David. Hi, Jack. Good to speak to you. Uh, yes, very well. Sitting here in a, a reassuringly busy Hammersmith office, I have to say. We, uh, we're now fully crewed again back in the office. That, that is great. I think if we go back in our Inside Content podcast history, um, we started it as an initiative in the pandemic. And I think every, I, I'm pretty sure that almost every conversation we've had has, has involved a comment from us and our, and our guest about the kind of life they're living. So we should almost go back and look at them all as a, as a, as a history of kind of being in the pandemic and emerging out and into offices. But obviously everyone is very encouraged about being more in the office because whatever the merits of working from home, I think we all agree uh, being in the office is, is a good thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think also given, we'll talk about it, you know, in, in, the, in the discussion, but in a fast moving area with lots of change. And as you said, our business actually merged during lockdown. So we put together the, you know, the UK's um, second biggest mobile operator to, with the UK's um, biggest cable and connectivity provider um, of pay, pay TV, and that was all done during lockdown. So one of the challenges for us as a business has been to get the cultures and the people uh, and to, to be as one business. And as you say, it's now just over a year since we uh, since we merged. So uh, I think that was a, that in itself was quite an achievement to do all of that uh, during lockdown. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I mean, and we. Um, we're fortunate to always have a, a, a lot of, a, a few kind of, of the younger generation, younger people, graduates working in our business. And, and for them, I feel kind of just being in an office around us, learning sort of, uh, sort of sponge-like kind of absorbing kind of what's going on is so important, not just the actual kind of tasks they're doing virtually. So for us, it's great. We're back in the office kind of fully now, really. So, so perhaps maybe just to start with, you, we could tell the listeners just a little bit about your role in the organization. Yes, so my role is the chief TV and entertainment officer. So in the context of traditional cable, where we were primarily a, a, initially a, vi- a video business and then a video and broadband business or fixed connectivity business, we've grown out of linear television with simple set-top boxes that were effectively... Uh, capacitors changing the frequency of the QAM signal going down the coax cable. And what has happened over time as we've added broadband capability and now mobile capability, it's a full quad play. And my role with my team is to look at the 
uh, entertainment opportunities, whether those are bundled, whether those are, are, are availability through our set-top boxes and through our equipment, and whether it includes billing integration. So we've moved away, if you like, from a standard aggregator role within linear of pay TV. And we're now an aggregator of paid for video services working with new partners such as Netflix, such as um, Amazon Prime, but also working with traditional suppliers of pay TV and film and television content such as Disney and Discovery, but in new ways, um, whether and that, that would be through the Disney Plus app um, and the reduction in linear TV services in the UK in the case of, of Disney and with companies like Discovery and now with Paramount Plus looking at how we can super serve customers directly over the top through their their direct relationships with suppliers rather than through packages of programming and packages of connectivity through their uh, traditional cable relationships. So the suppliers have changed and evolved and then and the relationships with our customers have changed and evolved and they are um, the bit that I I come across every day and I, I have to put out there as, a, as, a, as one of the biggest challenges is that we've become a very tech company in a way that when we were a pay TV uh, broadcaster, we simply weren't, you know, it's very easy for, for me to say, oh, we've moved from being a, an aggregator of linear channels to an aggregator of, of video services, paid for video services. But behind that phrase is an awful lot of tech. So, you know, we have to integrate apps. We have to find ways to, to integrate billing through third party billing uh, relationships. It, it's become a lot more tech heavy. And when we go into new relationships with you know, in the old days, we would just talk about what 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 are your what are your great programs? How how are we gonna how are we gonna retransmit the signal and get it into our network? Now we have a lot more complexity uh, and a lot more technology to solve in order to give the customer that integrated experience. Yeah, I guess the 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 disciplines of kind of well and and the roles are so different. I mean, I could. I can just remember my 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 days there, and you had a commercial team probably largely kind of okay doing pretty pretty different negotiations but cranking the wheel on the type of deal you had with people and and all fairly similar but now you the way you source content has evolved radically it's not just i guess it's in terms of the type of relationship you have the people you probably have you have deals with they've, they've all changed significantly in your, certainly in your time there i'd say yeah exactly we're very proud of the the one of the very first app relationships with a, uh, an MVPD, uh, you know, a platform was us. So Virgin Media with Netflix back in 2013, we put them on our, our TiVo compass boxes. And it was the first time, I think globally actually, that Netflix had done a, a platform deal and was now part of the, of the sort of ecosystem of, for our customers. And, and we have been quite trailblazing in, in that regard. So we've, we can talk about it uh, in the next um, discussion, but we, we've launched a new kind of product called Stream, which is which is moving us into that new world of of on-demand first customers who are pick and choose. They don't want bulk selling of of, of content. They want to be able to, to 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 switch in, switch out. They want to be 
provided with a comprehensive on-demand service in a in a UI a user interface that that is direct directed equally between the the new world of, of apps and on-demand content and still has the capability to access the traditional linear channels. Um, you know that has been a journey for, for us, and it's, it really is a you know it's almost 11, what is it now? It's nine years since we started that relationship. Now, all of our relationships have a an app component, and all of our relationships rely on being able to support viewing both within the main television, but also around the home and outside of the home. So the context for viewership and the, uh, has also changed and expanded. So we've created our own app for, for um, both linear and on-demand through Virgin uh, TV Go. But we also support, um, because of our position as the fastest uh, uh, national provider of broadband in the UK, it's a very natural place for us to be because it was always an inherent superiority of a cable connection that you had the return path was as quick and as fast as the down download um, which was not something that satellite could provide satellite was always you know infinite uh, bandwidth coming into the house but no no meaningful return path so we've always traded on that advantage even in the early days of VOD, we were the first platform to set up a, a, a form of video on demand in the very early days Jack, you may remember that actually out of Langley, and uh, it was part I do. of NTL. Yeah, it was part of NTL. I do remember um, it well. I was there. I have the I have the scars to prove it. But, to prove it, but um, and I, I always think it's something that as a business we don't take enough credit for, even even within ourselves to say, you know, what we are actually innovators. That was an innovative, um, that was an innovative innovative start. And actually today, one of the things, the exciting things we're looking at is enhancing the electronic program guide and taking it beyond linear channels. So when we look at the next evolution of our business is actually to put more interactive services into that environment because it's still a great destination for the family. It's a great destination for people who are browsing and are, you know, are sort of sit, sit back viewers who want to find something to watch. The, 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 there are, there are many ways that you can integrate and curate, and we're just kind of learning of, of, of what assets we have that we can exploit. Yeah, I think um, that's really, I mean, there's lots of things there that I'd love to, I'd love to kind of jump onto, I guess, but the, is, the issues around kind of that, that kind of aggregation and the kind of the future EPGs and all, all of those issues, I mean, I think, I imagine people have said this before, which means it isn't a, a critical, necessarily a critical tipping point. But I was going to say that the sort of the issues around aggregation are arguably kind of reaching that that kind of critical point because as more OTT services launch and that 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 discovery and the search and that all that challenge gets much greater, and with more kind of DTC services, um, uh, and there's even more fragmentation, kind of kind of argue. Well, I don't know, maybe, maybe a different challenge to when the multi-channel world emerged and there was lots more channels, but um, but there, there are, there, there is a definite need for, a, for kind of a, 
making it easier for consumers and and, and the, the kind of the increasingly kind of competitive SVOD marketplace means those services also want help with distribution and getting in front of, 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 of getting awareness, getting positioning, making sure they're in front and then perhaps kind of economics with bundling and, and sales and kind of I guess the question is kind of who, who, who are going to be, I don't think it's a zero sum kind of game, but who are going to be the aggregators of the future? Um, and, and that question has never been, I think, more, more pressing now than, than ever. And, and there are lots of different types and lots of different people playing some kind of aggregator role in the system, everything from app stores, see manufacturers, Amazon, Google, Apple, kind of virtual pay TV, but then there's pay TV, there's you. And, and I think, I'm not going to do the arguing for you, but I, I certainly feel that kind of pay TV is very well placed because it has a hand on lots of the functions an aggregator could play from delivery, billing, kind of bundling, kind of all, all, all those things and, and control of the main TV set and experience. And I guess you you that's kind of what you're saying. You're, you're well placed to try and solve that challenge of the future. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the way we look at it is, um, we're certainly up against some formidable competition. You name some of them, um, you know, the acronym, the FANGs. If you look at all of the Facebooks, Apples, Amazons, Netflix, Googles, they are all in our area now. They're using video, they're using um, entertainment as a core part of their customer proposition. So they're walking onto our turf. And uh, as I mentioned at the outset, when you're talking technology, we are coming from a position where we are taking on some some of the most uh, adept um, companies in the tech tech space. So, but I think we have three, and you mentioned some of them. I think I think we have three key um, weapons in our armory. First of all, we own the big screen in our households. It's getting challenging with with connected TVs, where they are effectively. Uh, set-top boxes and can provide a, a, a full-on-demand experience as well. But that was the reason for investing in our new Horizon platform to make sure that we continue to own the tech TVs in um, the relationship for, for our customers with the big screen in the home. We have a relationships with content providers. That's our DNA. We've always worked with everyone from the US studios to the national broadcasters. So we have great relationships in the UK with the BBC, with ITV, Channel 4, but also with Disney, with um, Netflix, with, uh, in fact, with Sky. I mean, our biggest supply arrangement is with Sky as part of, um, you know, Comcast and NBC. So we've got fantastic content relationships. And then the third component is the relationship we have with the customer. Our customer it's it, ours is a consumer business. We understand the challenges of, of of serving the customer well, having high NPS or net, net promoter score, having teams of people who start the relationship on either online or on the telephone, um, continue through installation, and and of course we have the regular billing relationship. So our customers trust us as a consumer brand to deliver. Uh, not only connectivity, but also TV and entertainment. So, and those are the core components that anyone wanting to be an aggregator needs to have. They need they need to be anchored to the main television. They need to be working with all the content providers, and they need to have that consumer uh, relationship. And we understand the t how tough that is 
um, when it comes to, for example, not only attracting a customer, but, but keeping a customer. So our, our metrics include metrics such as churn, which is the rate at which people leave the service, as well as the attach rate and the, and the acquisition rate of people arriving on the service. And it's, it's a very, very difficult game. It's quite easy to attract customers. It's very difficult to keep them. It's like a, it's like a leaky colander. You know, you bring the customers in at the top, um, but you, you really do lose a lot of them uh, at the bottom. And I think the, the SVODs, uh, and particularly perhaps some of the content providers who we always had wholesale relationships with, and were very quick to maybe try and tell us how to do our job and would complain about where they didn't think that we were doing a good enough job. Now they are in direct to consumer businesses are learning um, the hard way how tough it is where you have churn and high churn and subscriber acquisition cost and keeping keeping the interest of the customer and keeping importantly the customer paying you. So I, I agree with you. I'm, not, I'm certainly not complacent about our position. There's some real challenges uh, and we can talk about the cost of living challenge because historically there were, our business was quite um, uh, in, not, not insulated, but it, it, it was less affected by recessions because where household spend was under strain, customers would see the value of having quite a lot of entertainment all the way from first out of, movie, first out of cinema movies all the way through sport and um, big library. And so they actually, we were one of the last things that they wanted to, to, to stop. As we go into a real challenge for households this year um, and possibly for a few years to follow, we will see how resilient that is in the context of lots of entertainment and TV choices. So whereas in the past, we were the only place where customers could go to get that over delivery of entertainment at a, at a, at a value for money package. Now, because of the number of SVODs and the number of over the top services, the challenge for us is that our customers don't stay with us for broadband, which is an, an essential service, but leave us for TV. So we have a, we have a kind of uh, a specific challenge this year, I suspect. Yeah. I, I think I think you're right. I, I, I think that in the old days, kind of in, in tougher times, um, the I guess guess pay TV maybe maybe didn't benefit, but it was a position where people were probably um, substituting more expensive entertainment spend and giving up on that and staying in and, and and keeping their pay TV subscription. That historically has already been proved the case, but I think the dynamics are different now, as you say, um, not just in the, the size of the squeeze on consumers, but also in kind of the different marketplace there is for, for where they get TV. But maybe that's a good time to talk a bit about, about your new product, about Stream. I mean, it'd be good good to get your thoughts on that. And I think the context of Stream is really interesting. I mean, you you actually said something that I, I, I was I was going to raise. I think you, you absolutely kind of were a kind of kind of a pioneer with your first Netflix deal back in, back in 2013. And over the last kind of, nine to 10 years, we as a business, our, our business has been involved in lots of different work when it comes to partnerships with OTT service. It, obviously, in particular with Netflix to start with, but subsequently with, with, with really pretty much with all of them. And there's been a lot of change, almost so much change that there's things look even more a bit like good old fashioned pay TV now with some, some of them. But um, 
levels of integration have grown to include kind of billing, longer discounts, significant UI integration, and and how bundles, how it's bundled with packages. And um, you actually your partnership in 2013 on the TiVo box for some years an exception in the level of integration it wasn't just the first. It kind of kind of not no, no one else really kind of did such deep uh, deep integrations, um, including the offers you had at the time, um, and elsewhere it was more about kind of mobile telcos giving away a lot of value with 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 the netflix largely because they had a big kind of subscriber acquisition cost and they were chasing 4g subs at the time and and then kind of the first us pay tv kind of integrations and weren't until 2016 really and they were they were just an app out in the silo with Comcast and X1 to start with. And it was only in, took another couple of years before they bundled it with any tiers. And, 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 and for a few sort of 2016 to 2018, it was lots of kind of zero rating of data, app launches, basic set-top box apps, no real kind of fully integrated kind of solutions like, like you, you had. And, but, but those extra layers started to be added and the ones that resisted it, the sort of the skies, the Comcast, the Telefonicas started doing more um, in, in their own um, uh, countries with kind of longer term promo offers, sort of more, and, but to now with more comprehensive bundling. But if we then talk about stream, I think you've, you've done something quite interesting with stream. It's just slightly seems to me to be a different approach you're you're you've always played the role of the pipe and you've been a bit bit uh more agnostic towards i'm not sure that's the right word a bit more open towards the otts vods earlier perhaps because people like sky were investing more directly in content and saw them as more of competition but but uh, it seems stream is a it's a stream media device available to your broadband subs that you charge thirty-five pounds for. But but t- tell me more. Tell tell tell. Yeah. The so well, and thank you for that that introduction on the on the history because I think the history is important and the context is important because it it's because of the the nature of our technology can support on demand so much better. And we we I think with with one exception, we win every year. The best platform to watch Netflix on is Virgin Media because we've got the best broadband, uh, unsurprisingly. So it's always been a natural partner for us. Um, And also, we are not a competitor. So you raised the uh, Sky there. So Sky obviously invests very heavily in its own content. It it makes its own channels. It it saw, it has obviously changed its view, but only recently, it saw the SVODs as competitors to be kept outside of their walled garden of their set-top boxes for as long as possible. Because we don't produce content, we only acquire it, we've never had that antipathy or that hostility to the, the SVODs. We, we actually treat them and have always seen them as, as other content suppliers, which is why I say for, for us to pivot from linear pay TV channels to on-demand paid-for video services is quite you know, from a conceptual point of view, is easy. The tech, the tech is more difficult. So the context for stream, I think, is that is that we were more open to deeper integration. We also saw that there has been a, uh, a steady and, and marked decline of TV attached at the value end of the quad play market. So our customers come to us for broadband and it was getting increasingly difficult to get those customers to buy pay tv and that was because 
in the UK, we've got the very strong power of the national, you know, the national um, public service broadcasters as well as the Freeview commercial broadcasters. And as a result, in in our pay TV home, 60% of the viewing is still free to air television. So any solution that we look would look to build had to accommodate the 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 linear television model as well. We couldn't we couldn't do a as we saw it, we didn't think it would serve our customers well to do a now TV type solution that was on demand only. So we took the decision early on that what we wanted to do was move to an, a full IP um, platform. So we would deliver it through a new platform. We then had to create a completely new billing engine through and work with third parties because as soon as you work with predominantly with um, SVODs, you're having to go through separate billing protocols. Uh, we had to create our, our, our new set-top box. So we had uh, a number of, 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 of technical challenges to make that work. And we did, we did a lot of research, we did market research. We also created a, a sort of squad within the business of, of, of looking at how we could create a new TV product. And we came up with three core customer value propositions for it. It was about value for money, flexibility, and convenience. Now, if we unpack each of those as, the, as, as we actually launched Stream, um, the value for money component, when we launched, when we conceived it, which was only 18 months before we launched it, so it's the fastest product deployment in our history um, from, you know, from Greenfield site to, 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 to completion. Um, when we launched it, we, we knew we had to provide value because those are customers who were not interested in heavyweight pay TV bundles. So we knew that when it came to video, we would struggle to, in, to, to have high ARPU, so average revenue per user on the video side. But it made sense for us because these were households and uh, individuals who valued connectivity. So we could upsell them better connectivity and a value proposition in video. That was the core customer proposition that we were building. So, so value was, was important and we've created a an unbundled world. So you, we're not forcing customers to buy big bundles of content. We allow them to pick and choose. They can buy the content that they want. If they just want Netflix, just Netflix. If they just want effectively Sky's channels, just Sky channels. If they want just want Disney, they can get Disney Plus. And we give them money off their bills. So the combined uh, effective dis discount is a 10% discount from each uh, SBOD. And that that was the value component. Then the flexibility, we wanted to mirror the way in which um, the SVOD services have gone to market. They have made a very clear customer proposition around 30-day contracts, no long tie-ins. Any, whether it's Netflix who, who led the way with this, it was always a 30-day contract you, you could leave after 30 days. And the other, the other paid-for uh, video on-demand platforms followed. Very different, obviously, from the pay TV world, where we tend to have long-term contracts where customers stay with us for 18 months and we give them incentives to have that long-term connection. Again, we did a lot of market research. There was a whole group of, of, of customers who said, look, I don't want that. I want the flexibility. Uh, and, and even if you told me you could give me certain discounts, it wouldn't work for me. I, I know 
that I wouldn't need it. So the flexibility is the 30 days. The value for money is the money off your content costs. And then finally, convenience was the convenience of it being within our user interface. We spent a lot of time making sure that the, the connection to the main television would be the, our destination and not the connected television's interface, who has increasingly become our competitor for set-top box um, uh, viewership. So, and, and in order to do that, we, we really were able to capitalize on one of those relationships that I talked about at the beginning, which is our content relationship. So we were able to build a comprehensive search recommendation, voice activated search, voice activated app, op app opening, um, a very uh, visual and uh, content rich user interface. So we put a lot of money and time into updating the look and feel of the user interface. So those three those three propositions were the pillars on which Stream was, was created. And it was created primarily for those customers who were and are on demand first, but with very quick integration into linear. So our, the remote control on the device mirrors the remote control on the cable set-top box. It has one button to your last viewed channel, one button to the EPG, but it also has uh, one button to the home screen where all of the app rails appear. But there's another key component I mentioned at the beginning that we can't take on the big tech giants. We will never have an app a store akin to Google Play or the Apple I, uh, Apple Store. We simply will never never have that that depth of, of of content. But we don't want it. We see ourselves more as a curator. So we we listen to our customers and we say, well, what are the top things that you want to watch on the big screen in the big TV? And we, we will make sure that we have those key apps and key on-demand platforms for those, for those experiences. And actually, we've, it's been proved right because when you look at we, when we started, we were concerned that um, a lot of viewing was moving or there was, there was material viewing on smaller devices, tablets, uh, um, you know, PCs and laptops. But actually what's happened over time, if you look at the Ofcom data and the Barb data, tablet viewing of long form content is, has declined significantly and, and mobile is not, it's, it's just not relevant. You don't watch big, you don't watch full term um, video on, on a mobile. So actually we wanted to make sure that we had the right product for the big screen. And that's what we, what we created the stream. Yeah, I, I, and, and I, I think it's um, when I first sort of saw the launch was imminent. I sort of I, I had some preconceptions about what it would have, and and actually, well, whilst some of it was there, the some of the, the, other, the elements were there. I, I I was interested because you have kind of last time I looked, I've got one of your, your, your documentation. So sort of, it's about nine, ten sort of different options people could subscribe to on uh, on top of the kind of the free elements, and 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 as well as the Netflixes and the Disneys and the Skies, which kind of spared. You've got the BT Sport, but I, I, and Stars Play. It also jumped out that you do have that kind of kind of kind of 25 channel kind of essential pack for those who want to sort of dip into the, the, the those channels as well. So it's a, a bit of a mix of the old and the new. Yeah, that's, yeah, deliberately so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because if you think about it, the old and the new in, uh, comprises 
iPlayer and BBC One and BBC Two. You know, mm. they they are they are moving into that world, whether it's ITV Hub or, or all four. I mean, the the most successful ABOD platform in the UK is all four, and the most viewed programming for under 25s will be something like Strictly or one of the big shiny floor shows on, on ITV, Britain's Got Talent. They will always have huge young audiences, the very audiences that, the, that we are told have abandoned traditional television and are only watching YouTube or TikTok. Actually, it's not true. Those The, the biggest audiences for that demographic will still be appointment to view TV on the main networks. What's changed is it's not their only destination and they don't stay and view in a scheduled way across the evening. They they will pick and choose what they watch and, and they will have many more sources of video. But it doesn't mean that those that audience isn't there. And we deliberately created this merged platform. And we spent a lot of time, as I say, having hot buttons that take you into the 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 EPG. And I really don't want the EPG to be seen as old world entirely. That's our next challenge or, or intention is to take because it is called an electronic program guide it's not called a linear channel guide and that's quite important so in that the next development for us is is what are called fast channels which are a free ad supported ip protocol tv channels and those fast channels are another way in which the on-demand world is merging with the linear world and we've got some interesting developments as we uh, that we want to launch in the coming months that will play to that new concept of of effectively digitally de delivered on-demand uh, linear channels and this and this platform supports that because it's an ip channel so it's an ip platform so i think there are lots of areas where the old and the new converge the other the other thing we did which we which if you like um encapsulate some of the things i've been talking about which is about curation and making sure that we were the destination for customers who wanted to cut out the noise, the convenience element. We created the home screen of Stream to have a dynamic um, service rail. So it's an app-based screen. You scroll down, you'll have a rail for Netflix. And if you watch BBC iPlayer, you'll have a rail for BBC iPlayer. If you subscribe to and watch Disney+, Plus, you'll have a, a rail for Disney+. Plus. If you if you watch STV or Channel 5 or um, uh, other on-demand services or, or Amazon Prime, they appear in the rails. But it's your curated, distilled and um, personalized home. And that's really important because in a world of many voices and many services, actually doing what we said we would do, which is cut out the noise, restrict it to the really important services that the customer actually buys and watches. We think the customer, and we've had good, you know, very good um, feedback on the design of the of the UI in that way. So it was about playing to the strengths of both old world and new world, but also making sure that we were cutting out some of the noise and the distraction that people were finding in in in, in this yeah this this sort of avalanche of content that we now have. 
I'm cheating and looking at it now, actually. I see exactly what you mean. I, 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 I recommend our, our listeners to have a look. You can just, just Google the Virgin Stream UI and you'll find some, some walkthroughs by Virgin and, and others as well, actually. But, but that's great. And that, I mean, there's so much there to talk about, but actually we're coming to time. But an interesting point, though, that you're, you're basically looking to kind of, um, I won't say embrace, but, but uh, accept the world of the fast channel environment as well. And I know... I'm talking to our clients and friends in, in Europe, I know that there's plenty of conversation going on about operators kind of welcoming that, that fast environment, um, given that fast in some respects is again is sort of almost, uh, well, let's think of the right word, almost a, a, almost a kind of 360 return maybe to the world of, of, <laughs> of basic cable TV channels. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you, so you're, you're uh, briefly, you're, you're looking at that space as well, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it does bring this conversation full circle to, you know, back to the days of capacitors in simple switching boxes and linear television. Actually, when you look at some basic cable pay TV services, where they have a strong programming uh, or strong program title, they do become a, a, a single program linear service. So, you know, I can think of occasions where UK Gold has done that with only fools and horses, and you, you know, can you can split out all of the channels where they do that. So, it's a it was a logical step for the programmers to to super deliver. Um, but what what certain providers have found is they were buried inside apps. They were buried inside services that people had to find that they had to then um, download all of that friction so for the programmers point of view we think we can deliver a, mu a much elevated um, visibility and, and prominence for those channels which will help both the customer because they'll see they'll have effectively gaps in the epg that have, uh, have emerged as traditional pay television channels have disappeared will now be replaced through programming services, and those programming services, in many respects, will will look very similar to those pay uh, pay TV services. So, you could say nothing. There's nothing new. It's all it's all um, a similar way of providing entertainment to the customer. It is there's an awful lot in the background of of we haven't even talked about targeted advertising and and programmatic advertising. Uh, obviously, that's now possible and much more valuable so you can monetize fast channels better than you could traditional channels because you can get higher cpts for um, targeted and, and and programmatic advertising so we think there's a lot of future in something that may look similar to the old world but behind it there's an awful lot of new tech and new uh, monetization models well you're right there are lots more things to talk about but we are, we, we we have overrun so Thank you so much, David. Thanks for your time. I look forward to um, uh, to meeting up in person sometime soon, but um, that's great. Thanks a lot. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside Content, the TV industry podcast brought to you by 3Vision. With decades of TV industry experience and real-world success, we know the ins and outs of the market like nobody else. To learn more about our TV consultancy services, head to 3vision.tv.